0: Ha, <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Try and Stop Me podcast. Today, I have the wonderful, the perfect, Kristen Andre on the show. She is the writer of You're Not For Everybody, the book. And I wanted her to jump on the show with us today because her book, her message, her story, everything about it is just right on track with everything that we've been talking about, that we continue to talk about. She is an entrepreneur. She is a badass businesswoman. She is what they call Wonder Woman. She is addicted to rockstar drink. <laughs> but all things Intel, Kristen, I'm so happy that you are here with us today. I'm so excited to sit down and talk to you. Welcome. Uh,
1: thank you. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to be
0: This is such a great one. I think this one's going to be very exciting for everybody. So Kristen's book, You're Not For Everybody. Literally, I mean, everybody knows everybody has been through some some kind of something in their life. At some point, somebody tried to tell them they weren't good enough, tried to make them feel like a certain way. And Kristen's book when I heard about it, when I saw you start posting about it on Facebook, I was like, oh, we need to have her on the show. This sounds like something that I need to personally read for myself, and I actually did. Um, I think it's just amazing. It's a self-help, motivational kick you in the ass. You're not for everybody. Kristen, I wanna go so far back, but also up to date on what kind of led you to write the book and then let's talk all about the book because I want everybody to go out and get it because I think it'll be super helpful for so many people.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm glad you liked it. It was yeah. It was kind of a long time coming. It's not my first book, but I think what really, what really drove me to to write it is I feel like I've made every mistake. I mean, I've definitely made every mistake, and when you read it, you'll hear because I I am pretty upfront about the mistakes I made. But I spent a lot of decades doing the wrong things and worrying about whatever other people thought of me, or trying to fit, you know, in my own little comfort zone, not standing out, kind of rounding out the edges. And I just got tired of doing that. And once I'd say, once I hit like mid forties, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Why am I doing this? And I found myself just really embracing me and who I was. And I, I got mad at myself for it taking that long.
0: Mm. So
1: what, where the book came from is I was like, I want to help other people not do the same thing I did, like really be able to own who they are and step into it. And if they want to be this big, badass person, be that person. And if they want to be just, you know, themselves and quiet, that's cool too. But it's really just getting people to embrace their unique, their uniqueness. uniqueness.
0: I'm, I'm obsessed with that because I think at some point we've all hit a point in our lives that Another person or another thing took over our entire lifestyle. We lost who we are. And then you wake up literally one day and you're like, who – who am I like, I don't dance anymore. I don't laugh anymore. I'm not happy anymore. What is going on? And your book, when when I was reading it, I was like, this is everything that I, I mean, I don't have kids or was married, but it was literally the same feelings that you're like, yeah, I got to that point too. Absolutely. Like you have to turn around and you can reinvent yourself. I don't care if you're 21 years old, 35 years old, 57 years old, at some point when you're so sick of yourself, you wake up and you're going to make the moves to do it. So the book, literally, I was like, yes, turn the page. Oh, yes, <laughs> turn the page.
1: <laughs> and, then, and, then, and like you said, it sneaks up on you. It's most of my friends that, and clients too, because I have a lot of like really crazy successful clients. And w- in talking with them, they get to this point where they're like, what the, how the heck did I get here? Like, I don't, you just wake up one day and you're like, this is not what I thought it was going to look like. And most people just keep going. And for me, I was like, I'm divorced. So for me, it was, as I was thinking about the divorce and going through it, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of being all things for all people, except for me. So it was Mm. just a matter of, and it wasn't poo-pooing anybody else. It was more like, I need to do me. I need to take some time to figure out who I want to be.
0: Because we
1: lose that a lot of time. I think, I think women are more guilty of it than men.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We We are. Yeah, I think I agree with that so much. Well, I do agree, not even I think I agree with that, because I think we're so molded to fit into this society norm of like, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you're the mom, and then what happens after that? But at some point, whether you went through a divorce, you go through a breakup, you go through something, you're like, wait a minute, I'm not on the track of what society's telling me to do right now. So where am I supposed to turn and what am I supposed to do? I think a lot of people fall off and then they get guilty inside and they're like, how dare I, you know, lose myself? Well, you kind of lost it a really long time ago. So now checking back in, how were you able to like the, the point that you in the book, you were like this is it. Like, it's time for me to snap out of it. What did, what did you start to do for yourself to be able to get back on your own horse and say like, I am my own person before I show up for everybody else?
1: I think you've got to get clear on who that person is. Mm-hmm. And we, we have, we have nudges along the way where we know we're not, we're doing things kind of out of our character. And it could be the jobs we're working in, the careers we pursue, the people we hang out with, heaven forbid, the people we date I mean, we get these nudges where we know it's not us. And most of the time we ignore them. And so part of it is being really honest with yourself. Like this is not me. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have, I mean, they really don't have the guts to stand up and go, what the heck am I doing? I mean, this is just crazy. So for me, it was just starting to recognize that more and surrounding yourself with people that would call you out on it. Because my friends, I'm pretty social, but my inner circle is pretty darn small. Um, and they will call me out and two sit flat if I'm doing something that's not me. And I don't think I had those people, Mm. you know, definitely younger in life. You know, when we're young, we surround ourselves with yes, people, you know, people that are going to say, Oh my God, you're great. This is perfect. This is fantastic. Those are sucking people to have, if that's all you have around you, because they're not going to challenge you when you're not being you. So it's just, it's getting real, being honest with yourself.
0: Uh, when did that start to flip for you though? Cause I think that's a lot of like, I always say that now in challenging time, like we're gonna be real on this podcast, right? In your thirties, you lose the people who kind of were those party friends or they went to like whatever. And now if you're not the mom, you're also like in that stage of like, all right, now I'm flying solo of a lot of people around. So how long did it take for you to find your tribe then of those people that would call you out on your bullshit?
1: Way too late. So yeah. I would say for me, um mid or I would say early, early 40s, early to right. mid forties is when I found them. Um, um I'm I just turned 50 last year. So I'm in a whole new decade. She looks like I she's thought, 20. Oh God, <laughs> goodness, the lighting. You know, but that what was cool about turning it, people like, oh my gosh, you know, are you upset? I'm like, are you kidding? This is the FU decade. This is the I don't have to care
0: what my mom mean. says it all the time. Yeah.
1: Oh my it's so true. <laughs> But it's, I think for me, it was in my forties, but here's what's interesting. It didn't have to be, that was my own fault. I take hundred percent ownership for that. It's just, you can find the people. Like if you, if you want to be 35 and not married, no kids, hell, if you want to be 55 and not married, no kids, that's cool. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. But I think we have these societal norms that we're all trying to fit in. So if we don't, we just kind of get quiet and we don't say anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Forget that. Say something, you know, stand. you'll, there are tons of people out there that are your people
0: yeah yeah absolutely um so a point in the book when you're talking about people pleasing that's a big that's a trigger word for a lot of people and i think a lot of people fall into that um especially when we're younger because we want to be able to be accepted we want to be able to fit in we want to be able to look like we're all perfect and i think the older that you get now that i realize like in your 30s more you start to get to the point where there's like this funny like TikTok or real. I don't know what it is. And it was like, what's the best thing about being 30? And they're like, you just don't give a fuck anymore. You just don't care. And it starts to shift. And I think having patience for yourself too, and realizing who you used to be, if you used to be that people pleaser, you don't got to be that way anymore. So where did you find yourself? Were you always saying yes? And then you were like, it's time for me to get a piece of paper and a pen and just start writing down everything here that I went through too.
1: Yeah. And you know, for me, I was never, I wasn't a big people pleaser. That wasn't out of all the chapters I talked about. It wasn't yeah. this one, but I would agree to do things that I hated. Like the example I used in the book, um, my ex-husband used to, they, he loved to camp. They would go tent camping. You know, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking tent camping, like no no, no. <laughs> hardwood floor. Like you can't wear good shoes. I mean, no. You're not wearing heels. I am a shoe maker. I'm a girly girl. So it I hated it, but I went every time mm. and I didn't complain. And it took me a few years to finally go, I hate this. I don't know if you've noticed, but I cry every time we go, you know, <laughs> this is awful, but I was doing it because they enjoyed it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There really is nothing wrong with that, except for the fact that I literally hated it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll go camp at a hotel. I'm totally good with that. Or we'll go campfires. I love, you know, all that stuff. Awesome. Let me go sleep in a nice warm bed. So it took me to recognize it and say it, but I'm talking about, you know, little things like that are okay. You just got to say when you're not, I'm talking about the people that completely put themselves to the side. Like one of my girlfriends says yes to everything, mm. everything, mm. you know, she takes care of everyone that's sick, everybody's errands, drives the kit, like all the things. And it's, it's just too much. And she's worn out yeah. and she doesn't know how to say no. So the the people pleasers are the ones that can't figure out how to say no. Yeah. And yeah. no is okay. It's okay to
0: say no. There's a difference too between compromise and people pleasing that I think people walk on the edge of things. It's compromise for the benefit of the person that you love or the person that you're, you're trying to help, but also don't be the yes person all the time. It's like that movie with, uh, who was in Jim Carrey, the yes man. Oh, yes, remember that
1: movie? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yep. you start to go a little crazy. So in the book, where do you think was your your chapter that was like really about you?
1: Rounding out the edges.
0: All right, let's talk For about sure. that.
1: So the rounding out the edges is, I'm, I'm a bigger personality, I get that. Um, I mean, what's funny when I'm by myself, I'm not. And then I, when I have friends that are bigger personalities than me, I kind of the one, I can quiet back. But I feel like so long, I was afraid to be me. I was afraid mm-hmm. to embrace a hundred percent. I was one of those kids in high school and I was nerdy smart, you know, like I, I, I still, I was a cheerleader, so that was kind of your stereotype, but I love school, I love learning, I, I know nerdy things and I just never really wanted anybody to know all of that because I didn't want to sound too nerdy or too smart. And yeah. my dad, I wrote about the book, my dad challenged me on it one time we were there and he's like, why do you dumb yourself down when you're around, you know, this group of friends? And I didn't realize I was doing it, but I wasn't embracing me because I didn't want to be too smart. And, you know, even now I have no filter, you know, the thing that keeps people from saying <laughs> things, mine is broken. So I don't have a filter. How do so. your
0: girls feel about that? <laughs> oh, they hate it.
1: They hate it. But it's, you know, and there are certain quotes and things I use with them. And it's, it's so funny, but I just found over the years, I would just kind of soften the edges. I was still me, but just a little less me. Because I grew up in, I'm from the South, I grew up in the South and, you know, girls were supposed to be sweet and quiet and sit there and proper. And that's what happened when we grew up. And so I just learned because that's how I was raised to kind of round out the edges. But if you round out the edges, and this is a big famous quote, I say it all the time. If you round out your edges, you lose your edge. Mm. And I had to really get comfortable with the fact that what makes me unique And what makes me good at what I do for my daughters, what makes me good at what I do for my clients is the edginess. And I was doing a disservice to everybody by kind of trying to soften it a little bit.
0: Yeah. No, I think most women fall into that most women, they, they absolutely have quieted themselves down, whether in professional, we were talking a little bit about that before professional world at home. If they, they put on the wife role instead of the partner or the boss partner role, they quiet themselves. I mean, I've done it. I've definitely fallen into my past experiences. And now it's like this try and stop me podcast. I've actually had somebody say, wow, you actually, you speak up and you're like, Yeah. I have a voice and I learned how to find it. it. (laughs) And I think, I don't know if he was saying it in the nicest way possible either. And I, it was kind of like reassuring to be like, well, it's time we show up for ourselves now. And I think I really wish there was like a course in college for girls to be able to go to, to be like, do not dim your light, do not quiet yourself down. And you don't have to be on, you know, feminist high horse or whatever it is but you do need to speak up for yourself at some point and i think we need to start teaching our young girls that and you do an excellent job with that with your girls i see it all over social media kristen is all over social media you talk about business you talk about your girls your girls were on the podcast which kristen has her own podcast as well um what's it called again the renew the podcast. Renew podcast. It's, yeah. it talks all business, all motivation, everything pretty much that we're talking about in here, but she does it at such a it, incredible level. Um, but <laughs> your daughter was on it. in
1: there too, which has been kind of fun. Cause that's what kind up- of topics. More edgy ones, like we're talking yeah. about, we've, we've talked about, I mean, obviously like debt, we've talked about the school system, I kind of blasted that, Ooh. got some feedback on that one, we're going to talk about cancel culture, because that's a big thing right now, and you know, it's just all the things, like if we don't talk about these things, we can't improve them.
0: Yeah, no, I thought I saw your cancel culture about Greece. Have you talked about that yet? That's one we got that coming up. Yeah, right? Yeah. With saying that they were trying to get a get rid of the movie Greece because it was what it what happened? It was too sexist. It was, or it it was, was...
1: sexist and miso- yeah, misogynistic and racist, I think it said, were the two things. Yeah.
0: Well, my opinion, we can go off course here a little bit, is that like the world is still going to be the way it is. So teaching girls what's different now is important that we can speak Uh our voices and have our round edges, like you were talking about, to be able to then, because men will still be men there. I'm sure you get it. I'm sure every female gets it out in the business world. No matter this whole Me Too movement, there's still those men that you're like, Have you not watched the news?
1: (laughs) I mean, the the sheer amount, I'm sitting here going, and I tell my daughters, it's like the sheer amount of messages I get um, and DMs and things. And I'm not even talking about Facebook. I got one on LinkedIn the other day. Like this is a business site and I'm an old woman. So, I mean, people are going to be people and you've got to learn to avoid. If you have a problem with something, 100% speak out. I have no problem with people that don't like the movie or want it canceled for them. Cancel it in your own house. Exactly. Let people, you know, let People do themselves, let people be who they want to be,
0: yeah. Yeah, you're not for everybody, and not that's what it comes everybody. down to exactly. for eh? you're not for everyone. You are not, and you are not going to be for everybody, and that's the way we just ignore all of those men. And when it comes down to that, they are not forever. You might not be for people. somebody else, not my people.
1: <laughs> I'll say that a lot, you know, and I'll say it with clients or things. And you know, sometimes even professionally, somebody will be complaining about a client or a prospect or somebody they called on, and I just sit there and go, Not your people. Mm-hmm. And if we just really kept that in mind, there's, there are going to be people we don't agree with. There are tons of people I don't agree with and I choose not to be around them. Yeah. Am I going to spend my time trying to change them? Nope. Cause they're probably not going to change. They're just not my people. And that's totally cool because yeah. they have their own people. They'll find them.
0: That's, that is a very important point, whether it's something with your book is very like internal um, about ourselves, but it's also that we're not for them either. There's plenty of clients. If we're talking back into business or whatever the world is, where (laughs) they call and I cringe, they're not my people. And I'm probably not their people either, because we just don't mesh well together. And that's perfectly, perfectly fine. But there's
1: You know, the cool thing is there's somebody out there for them. There's Mm -hmm. somebody that's going to be as as weird as awkward as nerdy as you know much of a pain in the ass because here's the thing they're pain in the ass professionals that love to work with pain in the ass clients put yes. those two together yeah so there's no right or wrong and I think that's where we kind of get off track and why I did that you're not for everyone is because it, your people are out there I don't care who you are it's just find them quit trying to change somebody and I'll hear that a lot in the dating scene too, because um, you know, like I'm single, and so we we talk about this. My single yeah. girlfriends and I, yeah, talk yeah. About and my guy and the guy friends too. It's like we're trying to change him. I'm like, you're not going to change somebody. You know, once once you hit, you know, even like I think 20s moldable, 30s mid 30s and beyond, you're not changing them. Yeah. So if you, I told that to a girlfriend of mine the other day. I'm like she was complaining about, you know, something, the guy she was dating. I was like, it's not changing. So you're either going to live with it or you're going to stop complaining about it. Those are your two options. (laughs) That's kind of like that with everything, right?
0: It's so true. And I (laughs) I always say, I say with dating too, it it comes down to the the flaws that we see in them or find that they're annoying there's flaws in us too so expecting that person to be perfect or to be healed from something from their past when literally you probably thought about something that triggered you while you were walking down the road you're not healed so why are you expecting them to show up 100% when you're not 100% yet we're all broken pieces walking together like little (laughs) things walking around looking if we're gonna fit in together it's never gonna fit perfectly so you have to either accept who they are at where they're at and understand their work in progress as long as they're willing to grow and willing to maybe pick the sock up off the floor when you've said it for the 900th time or not. But if they're not, then that's not your person. Then they they just like being messy.
1: But it's, you know, and the cool thing about that is it's a choice and that's where I feel like people get off track. They spend all this time trying to fix somebody and change, I did that before. I did that in my marriage.
0: Who hasn't, yeah. Trying
1: to fix things that just wasn't gonna happen. It's a choice, you know, so I typically tell people, and I push, this is, goes back to kind of finding your tribe of people. I push my friends, I push my clients, I push my daughters on this. If you don't like it, change it. You, mm-hmm. have, you have the right to change it. If it's not changeable, you either got to suck it up or you got to move on. But mm-hmm. what you can't do is just sit there and complain about it for the next 20 years.
0: Yeah, but so many people do sit there and complain about it for 20 years because are, it's scarier to people. make it. Yeah, it's scarier <laughs> yeah. to make the change and rip the Band-Aid off, especially when there's, I mean, you've done it when there's a family and there's there's a lot more emotion behind everything. You have to learn how to become that stronger person because if you're going to sit, you get one life. That's all I ever say. Like one Life, whatever you believe in, after happens after, but this is the life you've been given right now. You continue to waste, you're never getting those. I'm not giving the minute that I just said that back ever again. So, why do you keep continuing to sit in this misery or sit in this dwelling stage when you can literally take this next minute
1: and make that active change forward? That those are the people, it's scary. Yeah, for sure. But even if you don't make a change, not making a change is is okay. You know, so yeah. if someone's listening to this and, you know, they're like, ah, I'm not, I'm scared for whatever reason, that's totally fine. Like you don't have to make a change. What you're not allowed to do is if you not making a choice is making a choice. So yes. if you're choosing to stay in whatever situation you don't like, you give up the right to complain about it. So unless you choose to move forward, unless you choose to make a change, you forfeit the right to complain about it. Mm -hmm. that's I mean and that was one of the quotes I used in the book because it you do so that's kind of where I get frustrated with people I'm like you stay there I I mean and I have friends who have chosen to stay in a relationship or marriage that they're unhappy with and that was a choice they made and I would never try to talk them out of that choice but then they forfeit the right to complain so you know my advice to them is hey if you're going to choose to stay then let's figure out what you can focus on this positive yeah. not going to change those little things. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a huge point. Having to it's the mind shift. That's what really the everything comes down to. And I love people exactly like you who the my people, right? Where everybody is willing to look within themselves and be like this is where I was falling off track. This is where I was not showing up for myself because number 1 is ourselves whether you have kids, whether you are single, whether whoever cares. The person you wake up in the morning is with you all the time. We are our biggest story writers in our own brain, so our narrative. If we could show up for ourselves, that is what really matters at the end of the day. So, where are we going with this this book tour? Are you doing a tour? What are we doing?
1: You know what? All right. So, I was doing a tour. Nice. Little, so, this came out last summer, last mm-hmm. July, in the midst of all of our fun pandemic.
0: This past summer
1: right this past year 2020 so it was and my you know publishing writing coach and all them were like are you nuts you're you're publishing in the middle of the pandemic i'm like okay i chose not to do virtual book launches um i mean we posted it on social it's all that um and a lot of authors were coming out and like they were doing a launch party on zoom i was zoomed out i'm like mm-hmm. i want to see people i want to hug them i want to just you know i want to do all the things so we will do a book tour once cities open up i live in the south so we're we're open down here. Y'all want to come visit? We're good. Yeah, um, we're gonna
0: come but visit. I think
1: if some of the other cities get back open, we're definitely going to go around and do some, some different tours. Cause it, I like meeting people. Like I love finding my people.
0: Yeah. You know, it's a different tribe. It has to be. And yeah. zoom, like you said, everybody is so zoomed out. I'm glad you, you made that decision. So when you come to New York, you know, Susan and I are going to be the first ones online. Oh everybody my gosh. Is like, oh well, yeah, we need
1: it. It's <laughs> definitely there. So my daughter's up there now too, living up there. So it's exciting.
0: Is she where?
1: She's in white Plains. She's in law school.
0: Oh, that's right. I do remember. I heard that that's incredible.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for her. So
0: good for her. That's amazing.
1: She's good. You know, it's funny with the girls in the younger generation, I think they're getting better. I feel like the the kids in their like teens and twenties. Now they're better about finding their people than I ever was. So, you know, you'd asked at what age did I make the change? I did this too late. Like I hope my message gets to people that are super young so they can start going let me just start out on the right foot let me make sure
0: why do you think that is do you think it's because social media they're able to see people's true colors versus
1: i don't know if you see true colors on social Mm, i think you see very highly curious but you can see who's like
0: in who's like super like very into themselves or who's more kind of laid back or yeah
1: It, um, I don't know with my girls, I have always kind of pushed them to be themselves. I have three daughters. They are, they get along well for the most part when they're not killing each other, but they are fiercely different from one another. Like they are not, they are so polar opposites from each other. It's funny. But for me, I've just always tried to encourage them to be who they are, you know, be, just be their authentic selves. And I I feel like everything when, with growing up, I was, you know, it's the way I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And they call them grits, girls raised in the South, that we were supposed to be a certain way. So you have to break out of the mold. I never wanted them to have to break out of the mold. I wanted them to find their own mold. So um, it, I think for me, I, cool. I don't know if it's me or your, you know, their dad and I, just the way we raised them. I think that's why I don't see that from everybody. They're, they're no. fairly confident. One of them, one of them's probably got a little bit too much confidence. <laughs>
0: But I mean, look who they're raised by. How can they not? They have no choice in that matter. No, they're they're just three incredible, incredible girls from the stories that you talk about online. Um, I come from, I have two sisters as well. So we are in yeah. the middle of three. And I always say to them, actually, when I was in high school one time, I looked at them and I said, you know, if we weren't sisters, I would not be friends with you guys because that's, that's how polar are. different we completely are. But then we're the best of friends at the end of the day, which is great. Cause everybody meshes in, you have the very loud one, the very quiet one. I'm in the middle. So it's, it's all a I mean, very a
1: quiet. one. I'd like one of those. Actually one of mine's a little quiet. There's one that's a little more quiet than the other
0: but yeah because is she the younger one
1: the, oh God, no. the younger ones the yeah <laughs> the middle one the middle one's the quietest out of the three yeah I don't know we'll have to see we will have to see how they turn out it. but it's I love that they embrace their uniqueness and yeah and I feel like more people even adults like and that's the cool thing is you said earlier if you're 57 heck, if you're 67 just figure out who you know who you want to be
0: so, yeah so when you when for the girls though, when they are, are, they ever have like major girl problems with people in their age? If they're very, cause if they're strong personalities, right. I'm sure they're, they don't, you know, quiet down when something yeah. comes, comes up. So how have you been able to kind of help them tackle the girls of this day and age? Cause nowadays it's gotta be hard.
1: That's been a tough one. I would say having girl, I wanted, all right. So you know how, when you're young and you plan out how your life is going to look yeah. and it looks nothing like. So when I had my little doodle notebooks, when I was little, I wanted two boys, two years apart. That was what I was going to do. I was going to have children. We were going to get married. They were going to be named Blake and Justin. I had all all names, two boys, two years apart. (laughs) I have three girls, 11 years apart. So my parenting plans went out the window before I ever had children. So I did not, I was ill-equipped, ill-equipped to parent girls. I am, I, at the heart of me, I am a boy mom. I wanted boys. I still want boys. I'm not going to have any, but I'm done. But when I had girls, I didn't know what to do. And then they grow up slowly and you're like, okay. And then high school and middle school hits and girls are mean, like Mm -hmm. mean. And I think, and adult girls are mean too. They're girls my age.
0: The moms are mean too. Oh my
1: God. Well, that's that's the challenge we had is, is my first two came by relatively unscathed. And then we've got the third one and she is the loudest out of the three and by loudest volume and intensity of what she's saying very, very secure in herself. And she will call out things when she doesn't see it. Right. I mean, if she doesn't agree with it, she's going to argue. If you're picking on one of her friends, she's going to take up for her friends, which I respect. Um, she's also has very strong leadership qualities. Yeah. Well, when you're in elementary school and you're a girl, a leader is called what? Bossy. Bossy, bitchy, Mm. mean. So she got labeled mean and she wasn't being mean. And you know, uh, I talked to her and it was, it was kind of the, you know, she's like, well, I said, well, they said, she always has to be in charge. She's like, well, I made a suggestion and nobody else made another one. So I suggested what we do. That's leadership. Yeah. But to little girls, it's mean. So she did, she had that label for a while and it was tough. And while she had it from the girls, what got my mama bear going, she got that label from the parents. And that's when I had an issue and that is, and it, we, we had a, I mean, we had all kind of parent blowout with it because that was the last thing I was going to let them do was label my child, you know, and as a parent, you get mad and can she be mean and bossy? Yep. <laughs> but mama bear is still going to come in and protect that because I didn't want, and I got challenged. This is why the tribe's important. I was fussing at her. Don't be mean. Don't do this. Don't do that. All the things that people had said to me, And one of my girlfriends who I'm very close to me looked at me and she goes, don't squash the spirit out of her. Mm. She said, you're doing the same thing to her that people did to you. And I'm like, and until she said it, I didn't think about it. And I was like, oh crap, you're right. So that was when I actually went back and pushed back on the moms and it caused all the debacle. But I mean, we're past it now. This was a few years ago, but it was tough. I mean, it's tough raising girls because you need to understand the difference between someone who is mean and someone who is assertive. And that is a very hard thing to teach young. Oh, I think that that
0: brings you back to rounding edges too, though, to be able, because I was, I
1: was forcing her to round her edges. I had not written the book at that point, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it was, I was, I was doing the same thing that people did to me. And so i let, you know, we embrace who she is now and she's, you know, and I think it'll serve her well. She's got phenomenal leadership qualities that, you know, are hard to manage in a child, But I think later in life will serve her well. And I'm, I'm so thankful to my girlfriend for pushing back on me going, quit squashing the spirit out of her.
0: Yeah. Because that confidence
1: and stuff too, like we're trying to push everybody go. We did an episode on the educational system. We're trying to push everybody to go to college and do this and, you know, be the doctor lawyer that some people are artsy. Some people would make phenomenal artists and like contribute all this cool stuff to our world but we smush that out of them too. So it's really yeah. just letting people embrace who they are and helping them uncover it.
0: Mm, I think that's so important and so important, especially for parents to hear too, especially when their kids are running around probably insane and they're like, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But to be able to say like, that don't squash it out of them because that can then be their future. They, they need that voice in the future to not feel like, oh, am I too loud? Am I- Am I stepping out of bounds here?
1: Well, there's still got to be, there's a balance. Cause you know, I don't want to be in too loud in the middle of a restaurant or something like yeah. that. There's still, and I am the strict parent. I'll be the first one to admit that. They will be second, third, and fourth to admit that. I am, I'm totally strict. I have very, very high expectations for them. Um, but I tell them my expectations are in alignment with what I think they can do. What they
0: could do. Yeah. But
1: they still have to be nice humans. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to, you know, It sounds as trivial as it sounds, don't raise little assholes. It's really, it's not that hard. Help them figure out what they wanna be and help them learn how to be kind to others.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's incredible. And I wish we could just put like um, a go cam on some of these kids so we could see how they really interact, like on the playgrounds in school. So then we can start to learn what we're doing to them as they grow up. Because I think that's what we all have went through during our younger years of being pushed to the side or whatnot, to be able to help them kind of embrace those strengths that they have to then use in the workforce or use in their personal lives That I mean, if you can write a book on that, that'd be great.
1: Figure out what strengths are important because it's hard for a kid to know what strengths they got. I mean, you you talk to any middle schooler now, any young kid, (laughs) excuse me, they think they've got to be this influencer and everything. Ask anybody between the ages of nine and 12, what they want to be. 90% of them are going to say YouTube star. Yes. The TikTok star.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They just want, they want to be able, they want to be seen and they want to be heard. Yeah. Isn't that what a lot of
0: us want? Yeah. And I think that's important that you just said that too, because that's what, that's what I hear. And that's what I see a lot of the times is they're getting so caught up in their follower count or their likes account or whatever the case is of being able to push it out on social media and whatever the case is but we were talking about before there's still careers out there that we need females to show up in we need i mean we need females in the insurance world we need females in the accounting world we need like back in the offices too i think having your own company a side hustle absolutely go after that but don't forget that there's still careers out there that we can show up for as well and it doesn't have to be being this famous influencer putting yourself out there being canceled in the cancel culture world of everybody judging you kids these days they have it rougher than we've ever had before because they are I, in the spotlight all the time
1: I am scared to think of like I can't imagine I mean fortunately when I was growing up all the crazy mistakes I've made and all the dumb things I did I didn't have somebody with a camera phone calling yeah. me around. it wasn't yeah. documented half of half of it's still not documented <laughs> <laughs> Right? So yeah, they've got it tough, but I mean, your point about the careers and everything they are some of my coolest, most badass friends that are women that I look at and just admire like crazy, they are in finance and insurance and CPAs and attorneys and all these careers that on paper now Mm -hmm. look boring. They're not, these are some of the coolest women I know. They're just, they're awesome. They just also happen to be crazy smart and like numbers. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's really like you it's you great point because it's there's so much that women can do and really be. Just killer
0: at it. Yeah, you can still have that career, that nine to five career, and have your business on the side, or go be a keynote speaker. Or somebody asked me the other day, "How are you doing, like the insurance world and the podcasting?" Because they're, you know, it they're so different completely. It's like one side of your brain versus the other side of your brain. How do you mesh them in? I said they're both part of me, though. They're different parts of. I could s- still be this self development person who enjoys all the woo woo stuff, but also is good on the insurance side of the world. I don't have to take off one hat and put on the other hat. I can then mesh the hats together, which then shows up. If it turns into something, it turns into something. If it doesn't, you find your people that vibe with you outside of work. You're not always about work all the time.
1: Well, and sometimes it's, it goes back to knowing your strengths because yes. my background's in insurance and finance as well. And I think it's a really cool career, but what I what I enjoyed about it was educating people and motivating people and empowering people. Well, that's kind of what led towards what I'm doing now. So it all ebbs and flows and morphs into what you want if you figure out what you're good at. And you know, my goal is always, if it's not bringing you energy or moving you towards your goals, you probably need to say no, whether it's yeah. a person, a place, a job, a career, anything. But if you're having fun with it and it's moving you forward, that's awesome! That's oh really, yeah, I mean that's really what we should be striving for.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, what else do you got going on outside of the book world?
1: Outside the book, well, I'm waiting for the world to open up so we can start again. <laughs> but you know, we have a pro- I have a private community, like the Renew is the podcast, and our community is really it's personal, professional, financial development. And we're going to start doing some live events around the country. Where you know, the ultimate goal with this is do some summits. You know, do some couple day long summits. And I really want, we do have a number of men in the group, but I tend to cater a lot, not cater, but gravitate a lot. Attract. Yeah. Yeah. I attract more women. So we're going to do massive summits where we've got day and a half and we're getting into finances and personal branding and like really creating a killer life. But we're also going to have a nice little cocktail party and a champagne toast and, you know, some shopping and some shoes in the middle of it too, because we've got to blend it all together.
0: Yes. Oh, like we, do that. we want to go to that. Cause that sounds Ready? super fun. Yes. And definitely up right. my alley. Yes. Totally. yes.
1: My goal is to do five of those. It'll probably be 2020 by the time most everything opens up. I think we can sneak in one in some of the cities that are a little bit more open, but five in the U S and then we're going to do like, we're planning, it'll be probably two years down the road, um, an international retreat too. So for mm. all the like high end, badass, awesome women, that just like you know what we're gonna combine this we're gonna get do some development and have some fun but we're gonna find a really cool location I'm not I'm oh. not telling what, I'm not telling what country it's in. oh
0: yeah. that that one sounds fun but that's also how you find your tribe too is networking <laughs> and going to events like that so if you're looking to find tribes it's by teaming up with people or having somebody that has a like mind, have a conversation with them. They'll probably introduce you to another friend. Then they'll be like, oh, there's this seminar that I want to go to. That's how you find your tribe without a doubt.
1: Don't you think people are, are craving it? I always say people are craving engagement and experiences right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more you can provide that, and that's what, I mean, that's what's fun is getting to engage with people, even if yeah. it's virtual, but you know, it's going to be even better when you do it in person.
0: Yeah it's like anything you come back to life if you haven't had a conversation with an old friend or met somebody new that you actually it's like going on that date that meshes but I think finding friends is so much easier than finding the one person that you're supposed to be right. in a relationship
1: with I am no you do not want me commenting on that podcast <laughs> and we actually did one on dating friend of mine and I, and I'm oh like, I gotta do one on that that's money. funny topic <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh but
0: that it, one has so. to be yeah oh that world
1: it's a different, that's a whole nother show. Cause it, it is true, but it is about finding your people. I've not perfected it in that area of my life yet. However, the concepts are the same. Yeah. It's Finding your people, it's being you. Cause I feel like, you know, with dating, we all show up like the little rounded out edges, perfectly packaged little package. Until- I always
0: call it the representative shows up for the first six months.
1: I think that might be a thing. Maybe we could start something. Cause I feel like if I, I'd like to actually send in a representative. That's yeah. my problem. <laughs> yeah. Tell me if this busy. is a waste of time. <laughs> exactly. I'm very busy. I don't really have time to read through all this nonsense. If I could send in a proxy, I think it'd be great. Yeah. I think you're onto something there.
0: Yeah. Let's clone <laughs> ourselves and then just put up the representative and then you're good to go.
1: I don't know. I've got a brother. I could send my brother to <laughs> meeting with my brother
0: for the first couple of hours Uh, it's so it's so true and and them as well so like send in the real person yeah that's true
1: you just need to maybe when you're asking somebody out or somebody's asking you out and say okay i'd like us to go on our 19th date yes drop the first 18 with all the the bullshit people we've worked show up not brushing your
0: teeth and then we'll talk
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's true but it's Uh. But it, don't you think it all goes back to the same thing? I mean, that's the thing. Is, it does. It's realizing show up as you, mm-hmm. be yourself, realize you're not for everybody and it, the right people will show up.
0: Yeah. And what I always say to like friends too, who are dating, it's like, you have to realize that one person that they say you mesh with, there's how many billions of people in this world. And you're only looking at a radius on a dating app for 10 miles come on, (laughs) what are you doing? There's so many more people in this world and so many more adventures for you to go on other than just being in that relationship. So finding your tribe, I think that should be what we're taught as young girls is find your tribe. Don't find the one, stop making movies about the one, start making movies about badass boss bitches that found each other and then took over the world.
1: I think it'd be good. I mean, it's I'm now I'm a Hallmark movie junkie with the rest yeah. of now, you know how they all gonna end. So I yeah. I have been to a couple of hardware stores in New England and the one did not pop out at me. <laughs> I used to live up there, there was no one showing up. So I apparently was doing the movie wrong. But it's true, like we we do all this stuff, but like with our when you find your girlfriends, when you find that tribe, they they're your people and they connect. And one thing I'll say about like my if I look at my closest group of girlfriends. They're all badass. They're all awesome. We are brutally honest with each other, but 100% we support each other. And I, yeah. I tell people, I'm like, if you, you want to know who my tribe is, look at my social media posts. They are the ones that like, so proud of you. I love you. You did go. That's what you want. Like you, yeah. if your tribe is not making you feel like a rock star, you probably got the wrong tribe.
0: Absolutely. And if You feel
1: like a rock star. You're going to go out and attract, you'll find the one, the two, the three, the 18, because you're going to attract that kind of energy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we start to find that as we get older, but Hopefully the young ones start finding that. No, people- I mean, I have some, I have definitely, and it's through networking. It comes through, yeah. that's where you find your real people, not the people that you molded with and feel like th- those connections, if you've had them for life, those are special connections that you oh, have. But as you get older and things change, finding friends is hard because you're not, if you don't have the kid on your hip to be able, to be like, oh, they threw up too, you know, <laughs> at a certain age. You know, I think if you're in the right place,
1: like if you yeah. don't know what excites you and what and it's accidental a lot of my closest girlfriends i i was fortunate enough to be picked for this over 40 issue of a magazine here in atlanta um a couple years ago oh i saw that yeah we did this photo shoot and it was some of my closest friends came out of that photo shoot and that group and these are people i've known not even two years yet and they are literally some of my closest relationships because the way they picked it was based on professional um personal and philanthropic which means these were all highly driven career people um, Mm -hmm. that gave back to the community. And the personal part was that they took care of themselves. You know, they were some, I'm not real fitness oriented, but you know, they, they took care of themselves. They cared about their appearance and how they were. Well, those were things important to me. So it kind of curated my own little group of friends. So if you really know what's important to you, whether it's a hobby or what have you, I did martial arts too. I met a lot of great friends through there. You just gotta do, go do you, do the thing that you really set you on fire. Your people will be there.
0: Yeah. And coming back to finding, refinding yourself. So if you felt like you've lost yourself, refind yourself. When you start to find the things you enjoy, you'll start to find the people that are your tribe and your life literally becomes unstoppable from there on out.
1: But let me give you a hint, not you, but everybody listening, a hint to that is, Make sure you're finding what you enjoy because I Mm. had I'm really into therapy. Like I've had a lot of therapy over the years, and I remember working with a therapist. And he's like, "What are your hobbies? What do you like to do?" So I I hate that question.
0: Right?
1: It It was beautiful (laughs) question. But he said, "What do you like to do?" So I told him what I like to do. He goes, "Uh huh." What are your hobbies? I was like, "I just told you," and he goes, "You told me your daughter's hobbies." Ooh. Because what and what I was realizing is every single thing I named had something to do with somebody else. So mm. it was never anything that I picked out for me. It was once like, oh, my friends are doing tennis. I'll play tennis. I played tennis on the tennis team here for a while. It was terrible. I hated it. I'm awful at tennis. I was good for snacks, terrible at tennis. So, you know, finally I got to the point, why am I on this tennis team? I'm like, yes. like the last seed, it was awful. But, so I stopped, you know, but we do that. We, we our hobbies or interests We stole from other people. So take some time to figure out what
0: That's a hard one. And I don't think it's something that comes over to you. It could take years to find something that is truly, that's why I hate that question because it's something where it's like, do I like this because I like this? Or do I like this because somebody else that I know that I like, likes it. So it makes me like it. Cause as humans, we're, some of us are followers. There's very few, I'm not going to say very few leaders, but really in the things that we enjoy, because if we are connected with somebody, we want to try out their stuff. And then it ultimately, some subs, some conscious says that we like it too. Meanwhile, you're like, I hate rock climbing. Why am I here? I don't right. like the outdoors.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was the key But I think yeah. you know, like, we know when we're doing it. What, yeah. like, the question to ask yourself was, would you do it if you were by yourself? Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't rock climb by myself. That's probably not safe, but you know what I mean. But like, would you, is it what to, it's hard. Hobbies are hard to find. Yeah. But I think, you know, something that you really enjoy doing. And it, I mean, a hobby can be reading a book. I don't know. It
0: could be anything. It could literally, a hobby can be, if you like Grey's Anatomy, you put Grey's Anatomy on. It's yeah. it's checking in with yourself and something that you enjoy doing. If, if it's, you know, having a full plate of food at the end of the day, that's your hobby. Nice, that's your nice hobby. Yeah, day. that's it. Yeah. All right. I know you and I can start to talk all day long. This was so much fun. I can't wait to see where this book goes. When you are starting to travel around, let us know so we can show up so I can get a nice signature from you. And then, um, these retreats as well, where can everybody find you about the show? Tell us where we could find you Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all the things.
1: I am on everything. Um, I'm not very active on I'm not active on TikTok. I know.
0: Come My on. Can you t- start doing the- them with me?
1: They're like, we've done a few of the dances, but that's been it. No, So best places. <laughs> I'm very active on Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, YouTube. So it's Andre group, A-N-D-R-E-E group. Um, and then the book that you're not for everyone. We've got a, a page, same thing on, on Facebook and Instagram. You're not for everyone.
0: Mm, so that's perfect.
1: the best way, but I love to connect with people. So comment, DM, let me know. Don't send me crazy DMs. women don't it's not the women sending the crazy dms i'll say no but no no.
0: perfect well it's been a pleasure i can't wait to talk to you again i thank you for being